You're listening to Cards and Cubes, a show about board games that you didn't grow up playing. On today's show, we'll be talking about some games played, followed by some upcoming games, and our topic today is games to play around Halloween. Today's episode 33, and we are your hosts. I'm Brandon. I'm Christo. All right, so, you know, from time to time, I get on these, like, kicks. And what I mean by that is I mean, like, I'll play a bidding game and be like, oh, I, I kind of like auction games, and I'll buy a bunch of au- auction games. You've probably noticed this. I did that with Roll and Write games, unfortunately for you. And <laughs> also designers like Kanizia. I got on a Kanizia kick. Lately, though, it's been, like, card games. Now, I've always been into card games, but... Most recently, I've sort of realized like card games in the right setting or the right people, I think I like them just as much as board games. And so I've been buying a bunch of card games and playing a bunch of card games and like, just like, it's kind of like, because I'm playing with small groups right now and family, they are probably the best to play right now for me. Yeah, yeah, I like card games as much as I do board games as well. Um, I like trick-taking games, and not only trick-taking games. Actually, the game that got me kind of into a more modern board game board gaming was effectively a card game, which is Race for the Galaxy. People don't think of it as a card game, but I mean, it is pretty much a card game. There's literally a deck of cards and points, that's all. So yeah, yeah, they're awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I know what you mean as far as getting into grooves and stuff and mm-hmm. just kind of uh, looking at specific themes of games or whatever. Right. I also, when I went on my shopping spree a couple of weeks ago or like four weeks ago now, I don't know, it's been a while, uh, I bought some like exits and unlocks together just because I hadn't played one for a while and uh, no one else seems to be buying them. So I was like, bah, I'll just uh, buy them. Because, yeah, I just kind of felt like playing that style of game. So when you look into it, you kind of pick out maybe several games that you're interested in. Yeah, I feel like those, if you're going for like unlock and exit, I feel like those are a bit more safe than some of the endeavors I've gotten myself into. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel like these kicks that I get on, um, really, I just like buy a bunch of games that I probably will only play once. But I mean, I exit games uh you could only play once but at least um it they're meant to be that way um when i when i say card games like race for the galaxy is definitely a card game but i don't mean like dominion or or card games that are basically board games what i mean is like suits and and values like those are my favorite type you know what i mean and uh and some of the games i've played that's what i'm going to be talking about now first I want to talk about Skull King because I played it for the first time and previous episode was our top three trick-taking games and um, spoilers if you haven't heard it, uh, Christo's number two was Skull King, my number two was Wizard. I couldn't answer like what the difference was between them because I hadn't played Skull King and, and Christo hadn't played Wizard. So now that I've played both, actually sort of played three versions of this type of game sort of because i've played wizard and then with Risto, i played skull king it was the is it german or just european was it german edition? uh it's like the international version technically it's sold in canada and europe 
Okay. Do you know which one came first? So I actually looked at it because of that uh, thing that uh, the people that we're playing with were saying with the expansion cards. And I was like, expansion? What? I hadn't heard of an expansion. But apparently the first one uh, of the Skulking series, <laughs> so to speak, mm -hmm. is, uh, was called Grandpa Beck's Skulking, which is the US version. Okay. And I think they licensed it to Europe with some kind of a small expansion thing. And uh, people prefer the European version because of better art, which I really like, actually. Some people think it's, like, too colorful and, like, there's, like, sexy pirates and stuff, and it's kind of hilarious. But I think it's, uh, it's I like it more uh, overall. But they actually redesigned the Grandpa Bex version with better art, like, a little bit more color, because previously it was just kind of pretty terrible. Like, they actually uh, took pictures of people and put them on the cards, oh. so it was just kind of In really bad, like, photos and costumes yeah oh man <laughs> it's like terrible so i think they colored them and like uh made them more artistic and they also have uh basically even more cards as you know like the pirates do different things so like a even a more updated version with called like the legendary edition yeah. or legendary something. expansion so anyway that's the latest one yeah uh i completely agree with you that the european or the international version is like better art because uh i've played i played the grandpa beck's version in fact i went out and bought it because i like skull king so much and the card art's fine in the updated edition but in skull king the international edition like the skull king itself looks really cool like menacing he's kind of like a like a like partly decayed or kind of like a skeleton i really like the art on that um, so I wanted to do some comparisons. Um, so a small piece of history, all these games are derivative from Oh Hell, which I think was published in 1930 and then came Rage and then came Wizard, then Skull King and apparently Skull King US, then Skull King International. <laughs> Let's not get too confusing. Um, so the game's based on that, which is you're, you're, you're bidding for how many tricks you can take. And if you get right on the money, you get a certain amount of points. And if you don't, you lose a certain amount of points. The catch is, is that the first round is one card, the second round is two cards, and you play all the way up to 10 rounds, which is 10 cards. All right, so Wizard is similar, except here's some differences between it. The rounds, um, so rounds count, they... They are per player in Wizard. So if you're playing three-player game, you're playing 20 rounds, which means you're managing 20 cards, which is kind of ridiculous. Uh, four players, 15, five is 12, and six is 10. Six is like what you <laughs> so should you be can playing. can deal out the game whole is. deck. Is that what the limiting factor is, basically? Yes. Yeah. Um, so I did play this at three at one time, and it was way too long. And way too much to manage, like 20 cards in your hand. And then, yeah, good luck yeah, making your bid ridiculous. with 20 cards. So also in Wizard, uh, a, the Trump suit is just based on top decking. You just top deck when you're done dealing. And that's the that's the Trump suit. In Skull King, it's built in. It's a Jolly Roger cards. And then scoring is different too. So in Wizard, 20 points if a bid is right on, 10 points per trick so just 20 points flat if you make your bid 10 points per trick after that and then you just lose 10 points for each trick over under so scoring in skull king is 20 point points per per bid 
if you make your bid, it's 20, sorry, 20 points per trick if you make your bid, minus 10 points for every trick you are off. Now, in in um in wizard, if you if you go zero, if your bid is zero, you're getting a flat 20 points. But in Skull King, you're getting the 10 points times the number of rounds you play. Yep. I think that's way better, you know, because... Yeah, it's better design because yes. like it's trivial in the first round to not take a trick. It's impossible almost in the last round. Exactly. But it's 100 points if you get it in the last round. So it's more incentive yep. to bid zero, but it's harder as it as it goes up. So really like the change there. Now, all of this so far, you could house rule with with wizard like what what's the you know there's absolutely no cards that like will will tell you this so like you could just house rule this if you have wizard except for the jolly roger deck of course there's also bonuses um which there isn't in in wizard so in the grandpa beck's version capturing 14s is an extra 10 points and then if you capture the 14 of the jolly roger it's 20 points and then 30 points for each pirate played before the skull king is 50 oh and 50 points if the skull king is captured with the mermaid mermaid comes with the international deck in the grandpa beck's version it's part of the expansion but it doesn't matter you buy the box and you have all the cards that are the expansion and then two separate rules for base game and expansion the special cards in wizard is just a wizard card which trumps all and a jester, which just never wins. In Skull King, there is a Skull King, which trumps everything but a mermaid. And mermaids will capture everything but a Skull King and pirates. And pirates trump all numbered cards. And then there's escape cards as well. The, what the expansion adds, you probably looked into it, Risto, but loot. So loot creates this alliance with players who capture it. So loot is just nothing. It's not going to win you the trick. Whoever wins that you the two of you if the two of you make your bid then both of you get an extra 20 points and the kraken is pretty bad the kraken just destroys the entire the entirety of what was played you just wipe the and trick though you wipe the trick, the trick yes uh and then pirates have abilities and they're not written on the card but this version that i have comes with a great um player aid that shows you what all the pirates do so not a big deal uh, they're like if you if you win tricks with the pirates, then one has uh, choose any player, including yourself, to lead the next trick. Draw two cards, disc two cards. Wager ten or twenty points extra. So if you get your bid, then you get an extra ten or twenty points. If you don't, you lose an extra ten or twenty points. Look through the cards that were not dealt that round and change your bid by one up or down. So overall. Skull King is hands down a, a better game, in my opinion, than Wizard. Wizard's fine. It's very straightforward. In fact, one of the people we were playing with said that they prefer Wizard more because it's just easier to explain and easier to to play. And there's some, like, you know, this card beats this unless this kind of situation, and there isn't that in Wizard. But I like that. It feels like an expert variant of Wizard. And adding in the expansion from the U.S. edition... Is fine. I don't know if it's necessary. I might even want to take the international one over the US one just because I like the art so much. 
but it gives you some choices to um, add in some extra stuff, which is fine. In fact, the pirates having special abilities is actually can make it a little more strategic, as I found, because there's in, in certain situations, for example, now the Skull King, there's only one in the entire deck, and the entire deck doesn't get dealt out. So it's almost thematic, right? Because it's like this rare Skull King. Will you see it? I, I don't know if it's that thematic, but it felt thematic because <laughs> you never see the Skull King. And the Mermaids, there's only two, and the Mermaids is the only thing that could capture the Skull King. So really situational things. However, if you play the Pirate that allows you to choose someone else to lead and you have the skull king pick the player to the left of you so that all cards can be played and you know when the time is to play the skull king this exact thing happened where i played a pirate someone else played a pirate so they can get rid of it because they were they met their bid and then the last player played a skull king and got two pirates which was bonus points so I think they I think they work. But anyway, I just wanted to give the distinction between them because we weren't able to on the last show. And my opinion is like Skull King, hands down. Um, the international version I did find on Amazon, but the US version I had to like call a bunch of game places around my area and ended up tracking one down and got it. But I think either one is going to be fine unless you're dying to get the expansion. But yeah, that is Skull King. Very impressed with this game. Yeah, it sounded like uh, the expansions were well thought out. So, yeah, I'd play your copy to check them out. Sounds sounds good. I think, uh, like you say, uh, I think it's nice for people who have played Skulking or just kind of trick-taking games before. With uh, new people, I think it might be kind of a little too much with all the things on with the loot and the Kraken and Skulking and Mermaids. Definitely. And basically, just explain the pirate's uh, abilities to explain the game, really. So, yeah, yeah that's yeah. the only downside to the whole thing. Right. But, but I think people who have played Skulking a lot, I think they're just fine with that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Yep. My thoughts exactly. Uh, so... I played an exit actually, uh, actually just yesterday uh, for the first one that I've played in quite a while. Uh, like I say, when I went on my shopping spree, I bought a few and it was the abandoned cabin. I think it's actually the first one, uh, maybe of the exits. Uh, mm -hmm. It said it won some kind of a prize or whatever. Spiel des Jahres, maybe even. I don't know. On the box, uh, I threw away the box because we finished it and I didn't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think it might be the first one. Anyway, it's probably one of the first ones. Uh, very standard, like, talk about escape room recreation. Uh, the story is you'll get locked in a cabin and you have to escape the room that you're in. So that's literally it. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was rated at three stars, uh, three dots or whatever uh, out of five, uh, which is supposed to be medium difficulty. I was actually expecting it to kind of be a little bit easier because uh, that's kind of my impression from two and a half, three stars. But 
Uh, we did finish it in time without hints and everything, but some of the puzzles were actually kind of challenging. I was like, wow, this is actually kind of difficult for three stars. So I think these kind of ratings for exits are a little bit subjective. I think uh, some of them might be off. I think it just kind of depends on if the puzzles really click with you or they don't, and that's kind of really hard to measure, I think. Uh, so they probably took some kind of a guess average, but um, I think if you're looking at them to decide, like, is this going to be a difficult or easy one? Yeah, the four, four and a half just get really crazy, but the two, three, I think that uh, was an enjoyable experience. Even the three, I expected it to be kind of like meh, too simple, uh, but it was a lot of fun uh, just kind of catching up on an exit that uh, I think I... Uh, people have played before in our group, so I played it with some people who actually it was their first exit and they really liked it, so we'll play more. But yeah, I was really happy to kind of get back to exits. Uh, exits are one-time games, so kind of expensive experience. I, I've heard you can play them without tearing things or riding on things, but I think it would kind of ruin the fun. I think the fun is kind of to get some scissors and there's a lot of puzzles that are like folding and tearing things and just kind of riding on things, uh, riding numbers on things, figuring things out. I was actually initially kind of skeptical that I'd like that style of game, uh, just exits in general, because puzzles are kind of okay. But there's something about the exit puzzles that maybe it's the nature of destroying things which makes them kind of extra fun <laughs> for me, which kind of weird. But yeah, like apparently writing on things and folding things and cutting things with scissors is, is extra fun. But yeah, it, it's kind of just, uh, they're really, I think, well designed in general. Um, usually the game has like 12-ish puzzles, 10 to 12 puzzles. Um, that are kind of involving several elements with cards and papers and stuff and just kind of logical puzzles. Uh, really cool. I really enjoyed it. Um, it's designed by Inca and Marcus Brandt. I think we've talked about exits before. So, yeah, just uh, I was really happy to kind of get back into it uh, a little bit. And actually, I looked at the coming out exits. They're still producing them. Um, there's a couple that are out in Germany, I think, and one of them is, uh, not one of them, but they're about to be in the US, I think, in the next couple of months. Uh, they usually come out in Germany first and then they translate them. So yeah, looking you, forward to playing them. Do you know what they're called? Uh, one of them is the night at the cemetery or something. The, the other one I can't remember. Is it the stormy flight? Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, I have it cool yeah i ordered it i pre-ordered it uh a, a couple months ago i think uh maybe a month ago but yeah i'll bring it um i thought that's the one you're going to talk about because we played so many of these i think collectively the group that was playing them had played every single one but i think uh, me and you had missed out on a couple um yes. the one that you played it was actually one of the only only ones that i that i hadn't played but uh but yeah i got stormy flight i thought you were going to talk about that one yeah, no, actually I looked at uh, the new ones coming out and I saw there's a couple of new ones. Unfortunately, they were not out yet and I didn't want my package to be delayed by an unknown amount of time. It's mm -hmm. like, I don't know if they're going to arrive as they say or like next year, you know, because right. that's yeah. always a danger with pre-orders actually. Uh -huh. uh, 
So I didn't buy the new ones. I bought some old ones to fill in the gaps that I, the ones that I haven't played, basically. Yeah, you know, I I agree. It feels like a, kind of like arts and crafts time when you're when you're doing that, and uh, and at the same time, it's kind of like anti, like what you would want to do with board games and card games. You know, we sleeve our games and make sure that you know none of them get messed up or, you know don't eat cheetos and play my game but with this it's like completely opposite of that where you're tearing <laughs> up stuff writing on it folding it you know and then throwing it away afterward um i know some people get like squeamish about it which is kind of yeah. funny but uh i don't i find it like very satisfying like you said no the first time i played it actually i was like oh my gosh it just felt very kind of wasteful but i kind of look <laughs> at it as a movie ticket now it's kind of the same as going to the yeah. movies or something basically it's an experience that for an hour you have some fun and then it's gone um but yeah I, like i say i think you can uh, i hear people that they like make sure to not destroy anything i think that would kind of take away from the game oh so, for sure i keep the wheels and i'm gonna like decorate maybe like a whole wall frame with them, them. <laughs> not frame them just like just paste them on one of my walls my my podcast studio is just like full of like n like stuff you know just like posters and yeah and, and that's actually things, a pretty so. cool idea yeah, yeah it's not bad all the exit wheels that you finished yeah even the destroyed one spoilers one of them that requires mm. you to like destroy it's not it, completely destroy destroyed yeah i kind of like fold it or something if i remember correctly yeah i don't want to say Anyway, I don't want to say. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Spoilers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, good luck finding that. You're just like <laughs> every exit game you're going to get, you're like, should we destroy it? Like Cards and Cubes said. Well, unfortunately, uh, uh, I've learned my lessons at, uh, from like looking around the box and I actually discovered the puzzle that was not supposed to be discovered uh, because of just kind of examining the box thoroughly uh so yeah oh, spoilers but like you discovered a puzzle kind of, ahead it, it, it's kind of funny because yeah the previously mm -hmm. we've had some yeah i kind of know what's possible in those games yeah so I just kind of like look at everything now right right so, right anyway yeah do you do you like exit more than unlock uh i think unlock is a little bit more hit and miss i think exits mm -hmm. have been more consistently good kind of yeah um i think it comes with the designers actually because exits are all inca and marcus brandon that's kind of basically they're doing kind of the same thing over and over but different puzzles obviously uh with unlocks i think different designers yep. have tried some different like angles and like some of them are more app heavy some of them are less app heavy some of them have uh, just kind of traditional cards and kind of choose your own adventure style stuff some of them have like mini games and folding games and weird like elements so some of the unlock stuff is a little bit hit and miss for me but unlocks can be really fun as well um so just kind of different it's on a case by case basis i have to say more with unlocks yeah i agree with you there too i think we touched base on this before but i think unlock feels a little bit more thematic you know you have you have like rooms on cards being spread out and but and i and i really thought that like unlock was my favorite until i played an exit and i was like oh i get why everyone likes exit better i understand they're consistent yeah. like you said and and just like the puzzles i think are just better usually yeah yeah i agree all right so the second game i played that i want to talk about this week is 
another card game. I'd be hesitant to call it a trick-taking game. It's kind of it's kind of funny, and I think you played it with me before, Risto. It's called Trickster Champions of Time. Yeah, I actually like it. I think I need to play it again. Actually, <laughs> yes, yeah. I've been thinking about it. That's why I played it again. We had been a while since we played it, and um, that was my thoughts exactly. I was like, I think I like it, and then I played it, and I and I do like it. It's um by Daniel Solis and Action Games slash Indie Boards and Cards. It came out in 2017. So there's seven heroes in the game in eight different suits. So each stack of of seven heroes are going to have eight suits in them. In fact, the game comes with 14 heroes and it has like a beginner game and an expert game that you just split up the cards or you can just kind of mix and match what you think after you played a while. But anyway, you're going to have seven heroes in and you're going to have a, a hand of cards and you're going to all play one at the same time, just face up in front of you to your tableau. And then um, someone is going to lead and that player can play any card they want. The trickster is going to be the person to the left of them who goes next. And they play any card they want too, but they're going to set what needs to be played for the rest of the players. Let me give an example. If I play a particular hero and a black suit, that player can play any black suit of any hero and then now everybody needs to play that suit. If they play the same hero, then everyone needs to play that hero. If they play something different that's different suit and hero-wise, then everyone has to play a unique card that's never been played. Whoever can't play on their turn, if you if you can play, you have to, and it goes around. Whoever can't play has to take all the cards in their pot and put them face up in their tableau by suits. I should also say the cards have different abilities. Like take a card from your tableau and put it in the trash. There's a there's a uh, six cards laid out that are called the trash that you're going to kind of interact with through special abilities. There's also a small deck you're going to possibly interact with depending on what cards are in. And you could also take a hand a card from your hand and play it to someone else's tableau, steal a card from their tableau and put it in your tableau or your hand. Various a whole lot of different abilities. I mean, like 14 different abilities, but not in one game, seven. Anyway, if it makes it back, so if every single player is able to play a card, the trickster has to take the pot. And then the round ends when a player has played their last card and has no more cards in their hand. And you finish the round. And for every majority that you have, like if I have more greens than everyone else, then I don't score those cards. All the ones that I don't have majority in, I get one point per card and points are bad. Lowest score wins. Anyway, you play three rounds and that's the game. I do like this game. I mean, it, it has a bit of randomness. Some take that, right? Because... I could play a card from my hand into your tableau, giving you a point. But, I mean, it's done to everybody. I, I, it, it actually says on BGG, like, under mechanisms is take that. And I understand it. But it doesn't really feel that take that-y. It can. But it didn't bother me, which it does in some games. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know what to... I, I guess it's trick-taking. It's labeled as trick-taking. It doesn't feel like trick-taking. You're trying to avoid... Most of the time, you're trying to avoid tricks. But at the same time, there's not, like, a lot of sloughing going on. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how much strategy is involved in this game. It's It's a bit random, and it's more, like, tactful... And sometimes you just have absolutely no choice. You know, you I, I have to play this card. Whether I care about the ability on it, or I care to get rid of it, or I want to keep it, doesn't matter. Sometimes I just have to play a card. So that could annoy people, but I just find this game really fun. And I would suggest playing it with a high player count. We played it five, and that was fine. I think, I think the lowest is three, and I think there's a variant for it. Uh, I didn't really look into it. But I don't see it being very good at like lower player counts. But that's Trickster Champions of Time. Yeah, I just remember kind of it being fun as you were talking about it. I remember now the pattern setting was a very interesting idea, which I don't know if pretty much any other game does this actually. Oh, Parade. It's kind of like Parade. Uh, Yeah. Right. In Parade, you don't score cards for what you have the most of. Yeah. No, I mean like the person, the first person and the second person. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The, setting yeah. the trend. For yeah, the no, round. that is cool. That's yeah. a very unique thing, I think. I don't know if other games do it. Other games like you, the traditional trick taking thing is like the first player sets right. the, whatever is being played. It's kind of cool because it's like a team of people, <laughs> in a way. Two to seven, yeah. by the way, plays two to seven. I don't know how the two player game would work. Again, there's a variant for two and three players, but. I didn't look into it. Seven players, I actually, and I think the first time we played Risto was with seven, and I, I thought it worked very well. Yeah, I thought it worked as well. Um, two player or three player, I bet that there will be like dummy players or something where you flip a random card to sets, and yeah, it's probably going to be not so good, yeah. is my guess. Yeah, it feels like, uh, it feels kind of like a, 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 almost like a trick-taking party game. Like, don't take it too serious, yeah. but it's fun. Um from what I remember, the art was uh, kind of weird as well. Basically, there's like people, heroes, like you say, but they're like uh, very realistic, kind of futuristic, if I remember correctly. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Costumes. Very there's like an anarchist. Strange. It's not an anarchist. Yeah. It's a her guard, <laughs> but she's got like an anarchy symbol on her hood. And it's, yeah. got a, it's got like an old guy that's like a tinker. It has like a robot in his hand. It, it's kind of cool. I kind of like the, the cards, actually. Yeah, yeah, I didn't mind it. It was just kind of unusual. But for a card game, usually you just have like boring suits, but they decided to put like uh, cool people because the abilities, I guess, to kind of bring some theme into it. But yeah, it's cool. Um, I played My City as well uh, over the last couple of weeks. Uh, My City is a game which was it nominated for Spiel des Jahres this year? I think it was nominated. Which one won? I gosh, I can't remember now that I've, I've said uh, this. I'll look it up. I'm thinking it's um, that, but we'll see. Anyway, it was nominated uh, for sure. It's by Reiner Knizia, and I was kind of interested in it because I like polyomino games. Uh, that's kind of all I knew about it. I also knew it was... Uh, I've, I found out it was short, uh, and we were kind of looking at some... It was just kind of a good fit for the people that I was trying to play it with. Uh, so my city turns out to be... Um, 
uh, campaign game also, or actually legacy, I guess, because you put stickers on things and they're kind of irreversible. But there's also the eternal game, which is kind of, uh, you can flip the board and basically play a game, a regular board game kind of experience basically the the game is the same every time uh i think the campaign game is probably the better way to play and we're going through it we've only played uh, one game so far so i'll talk about it i'm sure when we finish but uh it seems like it's actually a really cool game because it's kind of like games like karuba or uh, what is it called tiny towns uh, except tiny towns not exactly um, it's a game where something flips uh, and everyone does the same thing on their board. In this case, what flips is the, the shape that you have to put on your board, uh, kind of polyomino shapes, and everyone puts that shape on their board. Uh, you can, t uh, actually, that's funny, the rulebook says immediately without delay and without looking at other people's stuff, obviously. Um, I think that's kind of hilarious. Basically, just we're kind of doing like don't look at the other people's boards. Even though I think in Karuba that's never an issue or my city because you in those kind of games you kind of it's kind of human nature. You don't want to copy exactly what someone else is doing. I mean, you think you're gonna do better than them anyway. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what people do is just ends up completely different from each other. Uh, just kind of the shapes, the way that they're arranged. So the game is going to be kind of, I think, adding rules uh, or kind of changing rules throughout the game. There's actually envelopes that you open with new rules and uh, stickers possibly and like other components that you need. The first game was ridiculously simple. Basically, it's just kind of introducing you to the game. Uh, all you needed to do is uh, populate your board with polyominoes and you just get a penalty for um, having these rocks exposed. So just kind of like certain spaces on the board are negative points. Also, empty spaces on your board are negative points. And there's some trees on your board which are positive points. So it's basically just arranging the polyominoes to fill your board as much as possible, covering the rocks and leaving the trees uh, st standing and that was it uh, literally just uh, I think it's 24 cards um, kind of 20 minute game just really really quick actually the rulebook does suggest there's eight kind of some thematic episodes they call them uh, so they kind of suggest maybe playing three of them at the, uh, in the same sitting so back to back like one two three uh, three short games uh, we only played one but uh, next time we might play the other two to for the first chapter so to speak and there's eight chapters uh, one criticism that I've I've heard for the game uh, f is for the Eternal game. The Eternal game meaning the game that's not the Legacy game, because once you're done with the Legacy game, you can't play that game anymore. Basically, it's kind of over. <laughs> uh, you can't go back, is what I mean. Uh, some people are saying the Eternal game only goes up to the, the fifth envelope, basically. I don't know what that means yet, or if it's going to matter, but apparently like it's kind of a cut-down version of the game, so to speak, because the last three envelopes, rules and components are not included. 
I think it's probably going to be a lot of fun anyway. People are probably just kind of complaining that some mechanics which exist in the Legacy game are not in the inter Eternal game. Uh, but I think I'll probably be fine with it. I kind of bought it just for um, basically the Legacy kind of experience anyway. And actually the price of it was really reasonable. I think it was a pretty cheap game. And it, uh, to my surprise it came in a large box. I was expecting some kind of a smaller box because it was a little bit cheaper. So, yeah, um, pretty positive first impressions, uh, just kind of very easygoing uh, bingo-style game. So I will probably have more to talk about when we play the campaign through, I guess. Cool, yeah, I was interested in this. I just didn't pull the trigger because of uh, the campaign. Like, I just can't commit. Is this the <laughs> first Legacy game you've played? Uh, no, actually, we finished uh, Clank, the Clank. Oh, that's right. You're playing Acquisitions Incorporated or whatever. Oh, you also play Gloomhaven as well, which is kind oh of yeah, a Gloomhaven. Game. Yeah, I don't think of Gloomhaven as we actually played it online. So yeah, didn't feel weird. legacy. Um, also, we played two games of King's Dilemma. Yeah, I actually didn't mind King's Dilemma. People were like hating on it while we were playing it. I think it had potential to be cool, but we just kind of stopped because the pandemic and other things, I guess. I was included in the complaining because, uh, <laughs> I don't know, it, it had potential. It was really role play. Like, you know, if you weren't really getting into it and your clan and all that, then it's like stripped down. Uh, the core mechanisms were pretty plain for me. Um, anyway, to answer your question, definitely nominated my city, but pictures won. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yeah. I remember now. Also, question, you said that there's eight episodes, three games in each episode? Yep. 24 so 24 games total. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. I sneak looked at the next level, and there's <laughs> three of each shape uh they're three different colors so the next level is not just fill up your board but also groups of color score so you want to have groups of colors together that's it so like slowly it's introducing you into more and more elements i think in the game cool yeah sounds fun all right so that was games played so up next is upcoming games All right, so I don't really have too many games looking forward to. Um, I backed one Kickstarter actually over the last couple of weeks, and I still have doubts about whether it's going to be a good game. Uh, it's actually by the designer of uh, Prehistory. Um, so Prehistory I actually enjoyed a lot. Um, funny story about that game uh, the shipping was pretty terrible and the box was pretty deformed but i was late letting them know so they were sending replacement boxes and i think they just kind of ignored me <laughs> so maybe i'll i'll mention it now and maybe they'll send me a box for prehistory but the game is fine the components are fine just the box got banged up in shipping uh but uh kind of a really weird kind of unknown designer who has had a few games previously Ave Roma is another game that i've never heard of by him um kind of looked a little bit less interesting but i really enjoyed the prehistory um so he has a new game uh called impression the game's theme is uh, actually pretty boring, but I mean, that's kind of fits the Euro theme. Uh, you're running a printing press, that's why it's called Impression, and it has mechanics of uh, acquiring letters and putting them like on your rack of printing letters, and it's kind of really 
uh, weird mechanics with uh, basically uh, kind of printing press related mechanics. Uh, it looks like it's some mini games that you play. There's some engine building. Um, there's a map that you travel on throughout Europe. Very kind of simplified map. Uh, the unique mechanic in it was some kind of a worker placement mechanic where you have to go to space on a grid, uh, just like a square table kind of a thing. And I think other people can go where you are. So it kind of has the uh, kind of if you and you can put things on those spaces where uh, it becomes that other people who go there give you a bonus. Um, actually kind of very similar to Kalimala, which I didn't like so much. So I don't know why I think I'm going to like this one. But no, <laughs> it looks uh, like a lot of really cool mechanisms, which have a lot of potential. I just hope um, it's good. That's about it. Because it's very weird. Like I say, I think uh, he's a Hungarian designer. He doesn't really, I don't know if he's never tried to work with a publisher or maybe he just likes Kickstarter and um, I think it does work with a publisher because who publishes his games. But what I'm saying is uh, not very, not very well established. Kind of very, uh, just he re mostly releases Kickstarter games. Um, I don't know if I've even seen prehistory retail in the U.S. At least I think they sell it from their website, maybe or something. Yeah, I've never seen it in a store. But yeah, um, I'm kind of hoping that it's going to be a good game. Uh, my uh, other concern was he's actually designing it in, um, with together with the another designer who whose main accomplishment is Sakura. Uh, I don't know if you remember that game. We played it with the trees. You're trying to follow the emperor, but not oh, yeah. take him. Yep. And you're just kind of following along along a path. That's like his best game from what I saw, and he has a lot of kind of children's slider party games which had just lower ratings i didn't even look at them but i was like mm, i don't know but i like i say i just i hope it's gonna be at least decent uh, i actually really like the theme even though it seems kind of boring uh, it works for me as far as euro games go so that's impression um sometime in 2021 i'm guessing it's probably when it, when it's gonna arrive I also liked Prehistory, and I'm interested in this one. Prehistory was like a bunch of mini games as well. I thought you were going to talk about the other funny story of that game, um, of us playing with a player who was not into games, and I had to play <laughs> that person's turn almost every time. And even through that, I still saw that it was a good game, although it was rough. Uh, the game I'm looking forward to is called Red Cathedral, it is a Rondell game, and I was excited to see another Rondell game hit the market because I haven't seen one for a while. And this one looks interesting. It's a Rondell with dice. There's different colored dice, and you uh, everyone controls the dice. So on your turn, you choose one of the dice, and you go that many times. So And then uh, I think after your turn, you re-roll the dice, so it's always different. And you could also pay certain uh, resource to up the uh, the dice pip so you can go further anyway and then you're landing on spots and getting resources and i think fulfilling cards but you have a lot going on in your tableau there's a lot going on in this game but the main mechanism is rondell and that's what got me really interested um i'm not sure what the colored dice do i think each one has a different ability as well but um 
yeah, it takes some further looking into for me, but really excited just to see another Rondell game and a Rondell game that seems like it packs a punch, like it, you know, it has some complexity to it. So that's, that's it. That's all I got is Red Cathedral. Hmm. Have you seen this at all? No, I'm actually trying to think there was a kind of a wave of a Russian games coming in, but it doesn't look like it's actually one of those. That's what it reminds me of, because I'm guessing it's like the Russian cathedral yeah. is maybe what you're doing. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, you're building uh, actually, the cathedral. Speaking of Rondell games, right, yeah. you should look at uh, the new Vladimir Suhi games. That That's kind of a Rondell game under the hood is the uh, Praga Kaputregni. That's the... Uh, new one that he's releasing uh this one is literally just one rondelle in the middle of the table so that's interesting <laughs> yeah yeah all right i don't know anything about it yeah uh yeah. yeah i mean it's yeah it's russian and it looks cool and i'll probably get it and talk about it soon but until then our topic which is games to play on halloween Now, I say on Halloween, but really for me, it's like the whole month of October I'm trying to play these games. Um, we have mentioned these sort of in passing sort of uh, during this month, and we haven't played as much as we usually do. I think last year we played like a lot the entire month. And last year we also did a Halloween special where we broke down our top three, so we thought we'd do something different this year which is just talk about some games. So maybe get a pen and paper so you could write some of these down if you're not already playing these. Now, I, I should say that I personally like setting the tone for these games if I have the ability. Now, if I'm playing at a board game store, not much I could do. At my house, I, I decorate. I like Halloween. And um, some things you could do I have a Halloween playlist for music, so I'll, I'll play some Halloween music. And also, you could make some Halloween treats or just have a pile of candy in the middle. Anyway, I just would suggest to set the setting. I have a whole list of, of, um, of suggested games, and we could talk about those. Um, I actually, last year, uh, made a whole row in one of my shelves to be just horror last year around this time just so i could just for once a year because really i play these games once a year if they even get played but i have a whole row just for this occasion <laughs> yeah i know you're a fan uh, well well i'm a fan of horror i'm a fan of halloween but that doesn't mix well with my board gaming hobby to be honest, because uh, I like uh, medium to heavyweight Euro games and they haven't made a lot, if really any, that are that good under that category. Abomination is one of them and that was a really disappointing game for me. We're actually, I think we're going to play it tomorrow, so we'll yep. see. I'm, I'm um, excited. Yeah. Uh, not not so much, No, but it should be fine. I'm curious on what I'll think of it a year later after the hype is gone because I hyped that game up for myself too much, I think. So it was a real big letdown for me. So now that I'm already let down, let's see what I think about it afterward. Um, but I do, I do like the art, the aesthetics of it, and the theme a lot. 
it just i think it was the dice rolling that really upset me and the length especially paired up with you're not doing much um nothing's really changing that much from round to round yeah if i had to have faulted for something it's actually the events were pretty random as well there's a lot of kind of randomness which is very unfortunate but yeah i think the the feeling of progression is not really there for me in the game you're kind of doing the same thing round one and round 20 so it's just kind of yep exactly we'll see um do you have some favorites that you like to play around this time uh, actually, uh, I like horror games. I like um, just kind of darker themes, so I enjoy them. Like you say, I think the biggest problem is uh, games which are specifically Halloween are not super deep. Actually, a lot of them are just kind of very lo- reliant on theme, and they are kind of lighter. They don't really have complicated mechanics, which we enjoy. Not very. Uh, there's a lot of take that in Halloween games for some reason. I don't know if it's because people think that's like a family thing, and they're generally family games. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's a fun it's a fun theme usually. So yeah, I was actually thinking during Halloween. Sometimes I, I like. Um, I like the Halloween theme with like, I don't know, pumpkins and ghosts and witches and whatever Mm -hmm. there is. I was thinking, um, are are alien games, for example, Halloween games, uh, to me, kind of not so much. They're still kind of horror or something like Bloodborne, actually. Um, they're still kind of horror, but it's kind of a different type of horror, which I don't know if it's necessarily Halloween or just kind of generic kind of horror themes. But yeah, yeah, I, yeah, that's I like, like that's like um, if we're talking about movies, like is Alien a horror movie or is it a sci-fi movie with some horror elements? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I saw some pictures on on social media of someone saying like, "Hey, this is my Halloween board game night," and they had their picture of their board games, and I saw One Night Ultimate Alien, and that had me scratching my head. But I mean, if it works for you, that's fine. But yeah, I I would agree with you. There's certain um, themes that are like dark and maybe even spooky, but it doesn't really fit for me for Halloween or even horror. And I don't know how many board games or card games there are that are specifically like Halloween. You know, like most of the games that I that I play around this time are just horror board games. Like if I'm now, I watch horror movies like year long. So when Halloween comes up, watching a horror movie doesn't cut it for me. I have to watch something that at least takes place on Halloween. But for board games, that's completely different. It just has to be horror to kind of fit the theme because I'm not doing that all the time. But there is a game called Halloween that we've actually played that you have, right? Yeah, it was okay. We played it kind of in a weird on a weird night with some people, <laughs> so... Um, I need to replay it again to kind of uh, see what I think about it. Uh, To me, it wasn't so thematic, though. It's a nice abstract game, but I'm not sure how much the theme of, like, you're basically playing these ghosts that haunt, uh, like, uh, people. And there's, like, uh, you collect scare crystals or something if i remember correctly or some kind of counter and you can spend it to do things i don't know how much the theme com- comes across it's an interesting kind of controversial game actually there's a weird thing where 
the expert variant, which is the no luck variant or whatever. There's some also take that in that game, which again comes with the territory of Halloween games. The expert variant, which is supposed to be, I think, uh, deterministic uh, fighting or whatever and a bunch of other changes, was actually not really approved by the designer of the game himself. It was something that the publisher kind of created from this game that he submitted so the 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 whole game is a little bit weird um as far as that goes i don't know if it's really well polished either it's just kind of a thing there but yeah i i I think there are some halloween specifically halloween themed games um actually i'm thinking of obviously we played uh welcome to what is it halloween edition obviously that's like really designed as a halloween game you're going around trick and treating yeah yeah treating um also monster mansion's pretty halloween themed i think no that's true yeah the mansion that's sitting in front of you has like jack-o'-lanterns in front of it and yeah i mean you could argue that it's like halloween night or october and you're building a haunted house to like scare people right i I think that's exactly kind of what you're doing is right so i think there are some games that are halloween uh, specifically but yeah some of them are kind of uh, adaptations or horror kind of generic horror or games with witches you know stuff like yeah yeah yeah, I remember I when Halloween, the game came out, I was super excited because the box is like really cool looking. It's got this like menacing, like hooded ghost and it says Halloween and, and uh, looking into it, I was like, oh, it's an abstract game. But playing it, it was fine. I don't know how much it's going to feel like Halloween. You're just going to you're just going to be playing an abstract game with moving ghosts around. Welcome to I actually did like I mean, if you like Welcome to this doesn't add much to it just like major like you get to choose certain houses you get to choose like candy corn which is representing you trick-or-treating or i think a ghost which is rep- representing like scares and it's just like kind of majority um kind of a majority like first person to get a certain amount can announce that and everyone crosses it off and you get those points kind of push push your luck too but i uh, but the the papers that it comes with um you know it it's all decorated like halloween so it worked for me i liked it yeah i don't know how much different it felt to your point from the base game it felt kind of very similar to the base game because your decisions are very similar but uh like you say they had pictures and the the sheet of paper is very like halloween themed so it's kind of cool it's gonna last Uh, it works forever if i play it once a year around halloween time (laughs) those papers are gonna last forever i'll never have to laminate them well, depending on whether you play with like 99 people at the same time or something. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> which is possible with that game, which is kind of funny. Last uh, year... Probably not recommended. Yeah, yeah, definitely not. Um, last year, I bought a game. Uh, my daughter is two and a half. She, last year, she was one and a half around this time. And uh, I, I was doing this for a while. And then I decided like, I should probably hold off. I was buying games for her. Not to play now, to play in the future. <laughs> you know because i was like oh yep. she's gonna be a gamer her mom and dad are both gamers um i stopped doing that because i'm like by the time she gets old enough to play games hopefully she will want to play games i don't know that yet um there'll be awesome games out there i'm sure but i did buy this game for with her in mind and then ended up playing it with my friends and it ended up being like a decent game um it's called ghost chase from 2001 i bought it used at a board game store for pretty cheap 
Um, and it's a hidden movement game where one player is playing the ghost in this... I like the board a lot. It's like this uh, big like castle and all these rooms. And um, basically, you're when you're playing the ghost, you're um, moving around like a hidden movement game and they're trying to find you. Um, but it's with cards. Instead of like writing it down, you're playing cards. And you're playing your cards face down. And then after a certain amount of turns, you'll flip your cards face up and they could see what you did. And then you play some cards face down. Um, pretty neat. Uh, pretty simple hidden movement game, but also like just more than I expected. So this is one of the weirdest games that I've seen you. Uh, it's from 2001, by the way, really uh -huh. old, published by Amigo of all things. Uh -huh. And yeah, yeah, I agree. The castle is like a cutout 3D castle, which is really cool looking. So actually kind of very interesting. Uh, I don't know where you even found out about this game or find found the copy of it. Yeah, I just used at a at a board game store. I saw it and I uh, looked into it like quickly, like watched some videos, looked it up and uh, and just bought it. It was really yeah. cheap. And then very uh, unusual. Yeah, then I think I was like looking it up on uh, different websites and just like couldn't find it. So I was like, no, oh, cool. I accidentally bought an out of print game nice yeah that's cool so i don't know why i'm like suggesting it because i don't know how easy it is to find it but yeah as far as halloween actually goes um I, at first i thought we were doing a top three so i was thinking about top three and it was really a struggle for me because i like a few favorites but i was just thinking what the heck do i put even in like number two space uh on my uh potential list and i actually was thinking that on halloween me usually i don't like those thematic games on a map or whatever but uh or like not dudes on a map but kind of exploration games what i mean oh is like monster like monster a map, dungeon crawls uh, dungeon crawls yeah, yeah yeah uh mansion of madness uh what else gosh there i, I was thinking about oh yeah uh betrayal at the house on the hill uh-huh uh, usually I don't like those games, but I think in, on Halloween I'm kind of more open to those kind of experiences, which is kind of interesting. But I think, it, again, it comes with the, there's not that many Halloween-themed games that I'd uh, rather play. So, yeah, just kind of a, a comment about that. Um, actually, uh, the the number one game that I really like, which we talked about just last week, is Blood, The Bloody Inn. That's probably... Yeah. Uh, it's a card game. Not suits kind of a card game, but it's a kind of a uh, drafting card game with some engine-building elements. Uh, really cool. Uh, I really like the expansion as well, which I think it makes the base game better. If you're tired of the base game, you should get the expansion, which kind of breathes some life into the game. Uh, and it's just a lot of fun. I think it's really good. It's one of the really good kind of macabre games that exist out there uh, that actually have like good kind of Euro elements. And there is, with the expansion especially, some take that as well, but it's very kind of minimal and I think it's kind of good fun just in general as a game. Agreed. Yeah, I really like the Bloody Inn. I I, I think it's great all around. Um, the theme does come through, I think, too. You're like, yeah, 
the theme like is really really good killing people in a hotel and then you have their bodies sitting in front of you thematically and then you have to like bury them and and uh yeah and then like there could be cops that might do an investigation so it makes you kind of nervous if you have bodies piling up so i think the theme does actually come through uh i actually just looked up ghost chase on amazon to see if they even have a copy rio grande actually has a copy for 40 bucks it's a little pricey <laughs> it's a little pricey i think i bought it for like 12 dollars. so go figure yeah i'll play your copy sometime and actually we were speaking about sexits and unlocks earlier um i was looking up if there's any kind of spooky unlocks to recommend and there actually aren't many with spooky themes i think uh exits are way more kind of darker and spooky um i don't know if that's like a conscious choice or something but all the unlocks are kind of more adventure based um they're just kind of brighter and uh i'd never noticed that for some reason but the exits are all kind of like these you're in an abandoned castle or something which i guess makes sense because there's no people there so it kind of lends itself to uh not having people talk to you or not be around people generally in exits and unlocks are more open to kind of that kind of environment but uh, kind of weird yeah i think if you're looking for a halloween kind of puzzle solving game i think exits are the way to go uh, out of the two i mean uh, the abandoned cabin which you just played would you would would that fit in the category it uh, sounds like yeah it. yeah it's fine yeah I think there's like a mansion one too, like uh, the Sinister Mansion. Sinister yeah. Mansion. I haven't played that one, but that sounds sounds spooky. Yep. Um, yeah. There's just a lot of them around, like graveyards or like catacombs or yeah. whatever. Oh yeah, the catacombs one would work and, really well. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's like a unlock boogie man. Gosh. I yeah, can't Night of the Boogie Night Man. Of the I didn't really, really like that much. Uh, that one. That much. It was okay, but. But Squeak and Sausage, they have three of those. And I actually played the first one on Halloween night with a group, and it, I thought it worked really well. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, that doesn't strike me as a Halloween-specific game, but it's No, it's kind of enough. like horror-ish, though. You have yeah. that creepy clown kind of chasing you around. It worked. Yeah, it worked for, for the holiday. Uh, Mountains of Madness, which is sort of this like weird party co-op game. Um, I think, in the again in the right setting, playing some spooky music uh, would work really well. It's it, it's HP Lovecraft mythos, and you're just like flying through um, the mountains of of madness, and you're just trying to play cards like very quickly to match symbols. But you're getting madness cards, so you have to act strangely during those times like mouth words or pretend like you're cold and i think that could be a fun game to play during halloween yeah uh mountains of madness is just kind of hilarious more than it horror is to me and that's why i think it would work at like a, a halloween party you know yeah 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 i see what you're saying yeah uh speaking of party games actually mysterium is a game you, which i'm usually kind of less reluctant to play unless other people really want to but on a halloween i think uh like during halloween time in the in the, in the time leading up to halloween i think it's mm -hmm. very appropriate yep um mysterium is just a simple uh kind of just deduction game i guess you can say or just guessing game um there's a ghost and you need to find out 
who murdered him with what object and they give you visions and you try to identify who the visions are related to out of characters, objects and place I think or if you have the expansion it's something else uh, I can't remember um, but yeah it's uh, the only downside to that is there has to be someone willing to play kind of a game master or yeah, the, uh, ghost, the yeah. ghost which I actually haven't done ever but I enjoy playing as one of the people that are being given the visions I guess but and it also kind of requires a higher player count i think it's probably best with like five actually or more uh yeah i think five or more is probably a good player count for that game yeah i played i played as the ghost and i enjoyed it but i i do enjoy the other side more it's basically a better version of clue like you're you know you're it's same same type of thing where you're trying to find the the person who did it with what and where but it's co-op um and it's it's kind of long for what it is and that's why i'll mention mysterium park which is coming out soon which is just a streamlined shorter version of mysterium so oh, why park what's what's in the park i don't oh i think it's like circus themed huh i think it might be like a circus type thing uh or you know a sideshow at a amusement park not sure. Oh, amusement park. Okay, I was thinking of uh, when you said park. Yeah, yeah, amusement park totally makes sense. I was thinking like in a oh, like a and like birds kind of park. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <what>? <laughs> <laughs> no, I that makes it. total sense. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know a new Mysterium is coming out. I guess they're re rehashing the franchise. Huh, weird. Actually, another party game kind of that I keep uh, thinking about is the game we played last year uh, called Paranormal Detectives. I thought it was kind of uh, oh, yeah. fun. I actually really like that kind of theme of like ghost seances or, and whatever, which is Mysterium as well. Uh, basically kind of like talking to ghosts or mediums or whatever, or just kind of spooky stuff like that. And Paranormal Detectives thematically is that. I think the ghosts, again, has been uh, murdered and they're trying to communicate who I think the murderer is or basically what the story is kind of, if I remember correctly, by doing weird things like giving you visions with like cards or string or drawing on your back or just kind of strange things. I actually really thought it was kind of fun when we played it. I uh, wish that we could still play it, <laughs> but uh, no one knows the game in our remaining group now that we keep playing with. But yeah, it's a game I think about sometimes. Um, I actually thought it was pretty fun at the time. Kind of very party game, not very serious, but uh, pretty fun. Yeah, no, that that game worked for me, and uh, they would definitely work around the season. What comes up a lot when this is talked about is Zombicide, and I'll just say right now, not a big fan of Zombicide. I own it, and I painted a lot of it, and I played a lot of it. So I know from experience that I don't like it. Um, it, it's co-op and you're killing zombies so it's like kind of a perfect theme and don't take my opinion as uh, as anything that you should uh, doesn't mean you should stay away from the game because a lot of people like it uh, you're killing zombies and there's a lot of different zombicides out there there's actually uh, one in space now I think uh, which is kind of funny because that's where yeah. horror movies go to die um, like Leprechaun in space and Jason X <laughs> <laughs> but uh it's 
I kind of keep it for this weird reason. Like, if I ever have a video game friend that is interested in board games, that's what I'll introduce to them because it's it kind of feels like a mixture between a video game and a board game, but not because there's any apt uh, app like thing going on with it. It's because you're like leveling up and getting certain abilities and you're killing stuff. A lot of dice rolling. Um, and there is a Night of the Living Dead, uh, you know, George A. Romero themed Zombicide coming out I, this Friday, actually, um, that mm. I'm going to try really hard not to buy. Um, but that, gosh, that theme is just like perfect for me. Like Night of the Living Dead, that's so cool. And you're playing like scenarios like like from the movie. Sounds really cool, but uh, it'd just be like 80 to 100 bucks that like I'm going to be like, why did I spend so much money on this game I knew I wouldn't like? <laughs> I would say for me, sort of a better option that I had more fun playing is Last Night on Earth. It's called Last Night on Earth, the zombie game. And there actually there's different scenarios to this as well. And one it's one verse many or a couple verse many. If you're playing high player count, there's like two bad people versus the rest of you. Um, one to two players is going to control the zombies and the other players are controlling other people. And you're just trying to complete different missions. And I found the missions in this game like like better than Zombicide. Zombicide is like flip over x and then go flip over this other x and or kill all these zombies but in this it's like more thematic where you're like going to get a gas can and like bring it to the truck and then escaping out of the truck out of the area but i found it to be really fun um it's kind of a roll and move which is really bad but you <laughs> you can move up to that many and you could actually roll your dice and you're either playing a card or moving and you can decide after you roll the dice. So if you're like, oh, I didn't like my roll, I'm, I'm going to play a card instead or search instead too. So you can like search instead of roll. But anyway, um, it was uh, it was a fun experience to play with a big group, especially with a big group that's like casual gamers. It's going to be a lot easier for them to wrap their head around. And it comes with a soundtrack. <laughs> it comes with a CD, like who has a CD player? anymore but it does come with a cd i thought that was kind of funny uh totally not necessary for the game just like spooky music i would rather play my own though do you actually have this game, i do yeah saying? i do have it huh. i actually looked at this game a very long time ago and i was slightly interested but yeah um for some reason i typed it and there's like a thousand expansions for it i don't know what the heck but actually, I, don't yeah, have any. I looked at it way back in the day, and it looked kind of cool, actually. Yeah. Kind um, of in a very uh, Halloween way. I don't know if I'd play this throughout the year over and over. And correct. Like, oh, my gosh, this yep. is awesome. And, I, and I've kept it over over the years just for that reason, but I only played it once. Um, but I would like to play it again during this time, but we're uh, running out of time for that. Yeah. There's one random thing that I remember. Uh there are apparently rules that like some things can go through walls like very weird random like people are just complaining that it's not oh i think i remember the but zombies guess, could go through windows and i yeah, think maybe through windows walls, which yeah. actually makes sense i don't yeah. know if they have that's really a complaint but anyway yeah i don't know how well designed it is you know I, there probably is problems with it but i didn't look at it like that you know because i wasn't trying to like i don't know there was no deep strategy to it. So I was just trying to get into it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, another one that uh, I would actually 
uh, highly recommend if you like hidden movement games and you like slasher movies as uh, Last Friday. Last Friday is Friday the 13th, the board game without the IP. I mean, it's called Last Friday. And the maniac looks very much like a Jason Voorhees type. But one player is playing that and the other players are playing like camp counselors. And you're on a lake. You're like, and there's a cabin by a lake. So very much Friday the 13th. You can play it in different ways. The suggested way is playing through the rounds and from round to round it'll change. And it's been a while since I played this. Actually, the last time I played it was on Friday the 13th, uh, a couple of years ago. But uh, like one round, you're everyone's trying to stay away from the killer. The next round, you're trying to find the killer. Um, and then if I remember correctly, the last round, somehow it's picked like a final girl and you have to just make sure that that person doesn't get killed. And I thought that that was really cool because from round to round, it like changes. You're not just doing the same thing trying to find the person like you are in most hidden movement games like it's different every every round where you have different kind of objectives and I, f- I found it really cool and thematic and and a lot of fun i actually have a jason Voorhees mask and i played as the maniac and wore that nice just you know to add some more flavor to it pretty cool uh yeah zombies are not really uh you were talking about zombie games not really my uh uh, favorite as far as games because i can't think of any games that are really really good with zombies zombicide is okay but uh kind of a little dice rolly for me and uh, it's probably better as a two-player game because i think the downtime is just kind of bad in that game so i feel like even maybe playing alone would be just kind of uh fun because you just kind of wanted wanted to be your turn all the time in that game um and it depends on dice rolls a lot but actually there's a couple of games which we haven't played which i had i think have potential to be good which are kind of mean games that's maybe why i haven't proposed them i'm waiting for the right time maybe next year because you like you say it's getting late uh, but it's City of Horror and Mall of Horror. Um, they're games where basically you vote for someone to die. I think the zombies are invading and you're trying to get supplies and escape, if I remember correctly. And there's a phase where you can kind of just kind of vote people to feed them to the zombies, <laughs> if I remember <laughs> correctly, which um, sounds kind of bad. But yeah, kind of lifeboats-like game where you vote for certain people to be kind of kicked out and whatever. Uh, so yeah, I think they might have uh, potential, but that's just about the only zombie game that I can think of that I'm kind of interested in. I looked into this because, uh, I looked at like a overview of it and thought it was like, looked really fun, but I, I couldn't find it anywhere to purchase. Huh? Crazy. No, I actually have them, which is crazy. So out of print games, uh, more out of print games yeah. that I have that I don't even know about. Is, so is the mall of horror, is that the same, like, um like core mechanisms just like a different uh, theme yeah i think it's literally the same game just in a different setting uh there might be there's like items you can pick up obviously the those things are different but i think the mechanics are kind of the same if i remember correctly almost like day um, of the dead version or uh, dawn of the dead because it's like you know in the mall yeah which yeah, interests exactly. me that's cool yeah, no, it's it sounds really promising, but like I say, it's a game where you vote people to die, so kind of kind of weird. Um, actually, another game which we didn't mention is uh, Fearsome Floors, which is an abstract game by Friedman Fries. Uh, another out of print game. game. 
yeah um game where you are on the grids and you're trying to get through this maze where a monster is chasing you and actually the fun part of the game is you can design what the monster is you can kind of attach like different hands and uh heads and whatever you can make some kind of a mixture of monsters <laughs> if you want uh but anyway the monster is it's kind of a programming game because you're the monster moves in a programmed way and it kind of turns right when it hits like obstacles or a wall or whatever so it leads to funny funny situations where someone might be like eaten because they uh, just something unpredictable happened with how far the monster is moving a uh, very kind of simplistic uh, system basically there's a maze like i say with some rocks and uh slidey blood uh, pools on the ground where you kind of you reach the first square and you slide to the end so kind of funny stuff like that but i actually enjoyed it well, the one time we played it um i was actually even thinking about playing it tomorrow we still haven't decided but uh yeah fearsome floors that's another one that not too many people look at i think for halloween actually another game that i uh, usually would not play which actually is zombies i guess so there that there's a zombie game is dead of winter that's an acceptable game for around this time of year usually not super huge fan of it because it's kind of dice rolly and yes it is co-op with possibly traders but it's a very kind of i don't know um like i say you can die from a roll of the dice and it's just weird but it's fine for this time of year so dead of winter is another good one yeah, I actually really enjoyed the play of uh, Fearsome Floors. I had a good time with that. I haven't played Dead of Winter, but I have played Flick 'em Up Dead of Winter, which um, <laughs> is a dexterity. Not, not the same. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Yeah, I mean, it's a dexterity game in, with the same theme, uh, co-op, but then you, there's scenarios, and when you get into later scenarios, it introduces a trader mechanic, so it becomes a little more like Dead of Winter. We never got there. We've played it a few times, but we've never gotten to the trader mechanic um, version of it. But everybody controls that. You just pick um, one of the heroes that haven't been played yet, and and you play as them for your turn. Uh, I find it enjoyable. I actually like it a little better than regular flick 'em up, and I like the zombie towers. It's kind of a cool mechanism where how the zombies attack um, based on noise i believe and then you put the zombie tower and drop the zombies and they come crashing down and if they knock you over then you've been bit or that person's been bit so that one's a fun zombie game for me um yeah um dead of winter is not like that at all it's a ne negotiation game kind of um basically resource management as well as a group you're trying to decide what kind of tasks people do so there's enough uh food and just yeah barricades to survive and to keep the zombies out and so forth like kind of like battle Scar starred galactica right yes actually it, i was thinking about that it's very similar to the Battlestar galactica the dice game is what we i've never played actually the full game of Battlestar galactica but I played, uh, it's actually not called that. I think it's, uh, it used to be called when it was being developed, Battlestar Galactica, the dice game. But I think it's called something else now. Anyway. Dark Moon? Um, Dark Moon, yeah. Yeah, Dark I did Moon. play that. It's, I think it was called Express, right? Uh, BSG Express, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it 
yeah, very kind of similar vibe because you kind of try to work with people together to do tasks, but you don't know when someone might be like, well, just kidding, peace out, and just kind of ruin something for you, <laughs> so, <laughs> which is the traitor. Uh, there may, may not be a traitor in Dead of Winter. Actually, it's kind of strange. You mix cards and they're could be no traitor in the game and actually a lot of people house rule that there is no traitor in the game at least when new people are playing because the game's really difficult to begin with so a traitor almost makes it impossible but um yeah it is a difficult game uh, actually another game that i've that i thought of which people don't think about uh, don't yeah, they don't think about it in terms of Halloween theme, but I think it fits really well is broom service i think that's kind of a fun kind of witches theme uh, for Halloween so that's kind of more Euro-y and kind of a lot of fun I think so just kind of more pick up and deliver with some uh, push your luck mechanics there's a whole like dare system or uh, if you play a card, you can do it the brave way or the cowardly way. And if you do it the brave way and someone else plays that card or played that card, uh, it's kind of simultaneous reveal or not simultaneous, but in order, you uh, get to do nothing. <laughs> so so that's the push your luck mechanic there. But a uh, pretty cool game overall, Broom Service. Uh, yeah, that's, I bought that, that game three years ago around this time for that reason because i'm like oh yeah. witches halloween i i don't like it um i understand why <laughs> people do like it it's just like to me it was just like so hard to do what you wanted to do on the board and i've actually been looking into the card game version of it which i think i'll enjoy more yeah it is kind of a difficult game because of that mechanic because you want to do the brave actions but you could end up doing nothing which is really painful because you're kind of falling behind and yeah yeah it's <laughs> it can be a painful game i agree there's also um social deduction games which a lot of people like around this time of year i think they're really good to to break out in um like halloween party settings werewolf is the obvious one where words can be fun as well but that's like um that's more like 20 questions with a trader mechanic um <laughs> witch hunt i think is kind of the best version of werewolf because there's just like better abilities and it just has a better system to it but you have one that you played that i'm very much interested in uh that would probably be the best social deduction game what blood on the clock tower blood, is yes that what you're, yes yeah yeah i think it would work well actually during this time again because yep yeah uh i just uh in these times it's it's kind of impossible especially offline which you kind of need to be offline i don't know how you would even do that game online because you need to be able to talk to specific people and like form groups or something and i don't know if that's really gonna work but yeah you need a lot of people i think to make the game work um and yeah just kind of impossible right now yeah i but mean it unless would be fun. you have a big family or you're with a big group that you feel safe with but i mean unless you're planning on for next year that's something to think about or if you're listening to this in the future uh tell us if we're okay <laughs> no um and if you're playing this in the future then you're you're good um a couple uh games i would well one game in particular that again it has the it has the theme in the right place but it's pretty much just an abstract game a bunch of mini abstract games is dead man's cabal um 
the theme of it is you're like necromancers and because uh you don't have any friends it says in the rule book possibly because of the stench um you want to throw a party but but um but you don't have any friends so you're raising the dead to have a party and like whoever throws the best party kind of wins that's the theme of it but really it's just a bunch of mini abstract games the components and such like really fit the season it's like skulls and bones and um the cards are all zombies so um if you just need something uh like horror to look at while you play an abstract game that's when i would suggest yeah i wasn't a huge fan of that game actually speaking of games uh that are kind of uh, off the mainstream uh, i think i'd like to play monster mansion again i think with the different rules that we found out that we were not doing right i think it might be a cooler game i'm guessing it's gonna turn into uh, kind of a it's a drafting game and uh with some engine building elements actually the whole game is kind of engine building because you're trying to push up this track which constantly basically that's how you score points um but i think that game actually had potential at least for my liking of what it was supposed to be uh i actually didn't like the other game so much uh the one with the circle the infinite corridor i can't remember what the name of it was uh, yeah yeah played last week uh haunted mansion um but monster mansion i agree i thought it was okay but if you look on bgg right now we're the only two people (laughs) that have asked questions about this game in the forums and we did get answers, but if you notice, I don't know if they're, maybe they're from the publisher, but they look like just, they're not the designer. No, I think the my answer was from a random person. Yeah. I don't think it's the designer, but whatever. But yeah, yeah we were, we're the, the rule book, if you get this game, is is a little rough. It's not very clear, and it doesn't go into enough detail. Uh, it's a simple game it's all drafting like you draft for turn order you draft these skulls which is a resource that you pay for cards and then you draft cards and they're monsters that are going in your haunted house to like um you're trying to sell all your tickets so you're trying to get your ticket sales up from round to round um and yeah for this time of year and for the mechanisms and the shortness of it i thought it was uh, pretty decent and i do like the art on it a lot haunted mansion call of the spirits which is a Prospero Hall game uh, based on the Disney ride, uh, which I think I talked about in a games played. Um, yeah, I mean, I could see why you wouldn't like it for sure. It's uh, it's really a family weight game with uh, some take that and it's basic drafting. And um, th- yeah, I thought it was fine, but... Yeah, it's okay. Uh, the weird thing is, yeah, basically, well... I even won the game and I wasn't a super, super huge fan of it, but I just recognized that uh, basically I never got attacked the whole game and I think because other people were fighting each other, mm-hmm. that probably contributed to their demise, so to speak. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know, kind of a weird vibe with that game. Um, and I think someone can really kind of hurt you with that fighting mechanic, especially towards the end of the game when it really matters a lot. And that can be kind of a bad deal yeah when when there's take that um, mechanics in games it's kind of questionable always to me and it can be pretty strong in that one especially like i say towards the end of the game in the final round or something 
Yeah, I could see it working for some families. Some families it won't because if you get mad at playing games and you get mad at people messing <laughs> up your game, it's not going to be for you. But if you're the type of family that like, you know, doesn't really care to win and is playing just to have fun, uh, I think you could have fun with the duels and and you know, uh, going after your uncle or whatever, whoever whoever you're playing with. Um, but in the wrong setting with the wrong people, it could be um, rage inducing. That's for sure. Yeah, it's it's okay though. It's it's a, like you say, it's a decent family game. I think a better game by Prospero Hall is Horrified. Um, completely co-op, Universal Monsters, the actual Universal Monsters. They got the IP for it, and uh, you just choose to put in which monsters and how many, so you can up the difficulty level by putting in more monsters, or you can lower it for maybe if you're playing with uh, with kids, or you're just like teaching it to kids and letting them do it. Um, but I, I found this game to be really fun. You're just kind of uh, collectively trying to defeat the monsters in different ways, depending on they're asymmetric, the monsters. And um, the people that are playing, like your characters are asymmetric too. So um, I like it better than Pandemic, but that's not saying much because I don't really like Pandemic. <laughs> but I don't really like co-op games like this in general, but, but this one I did find to be fun enough to play once a year around this season. Although I haven't played it yet this year, and I don't know if I'm going to. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I actually have nothing against Horrified except when, uh, what is it, survivors spawn on top of monsters or something. There was something that you could basically just not defend against, and I think that's just kind of bad. Yeah, but yeah. There's, there's, uh, yeah, there's, there's uh, characters that will come into play that you can escort to their destination and get some cards that are going to be good, like equipment cards. And yes, they could spawn right by a monster. Or like and, right on top of them, I think, like literally on the on the place where they are. Oh, and then they just die immediately. But I there's but there's also if they're spawned and it's the monster turn and they just move, boom, take them out, and you had there's no chance there. There's no yeah. way to def- to defend for them, which may be something that needed to be fixed. Actually, um, I'm wondering if uh, Prospero Hall does so much expansions they did for villainous like crazy but that game got out of control popular i would love to see an expansion for this because there's a lot more monsters to explore and maybe they could fix a couple things make it a little bit more interesting maybe even make it a little um better for seasoned gamers that would be great and this got a lot of popularity so um that's what i'm hoping for yeah i can see how they can even make a different map or something uh, oh yeah setting yeah it could be yeah it's possible to expand it i think for sure especially that kind of game that's actually all i have um yeah yeah that's pretty much everything i had as far as games go as well yeah there's there's more to be explored um you could always get a hold of us and tell us some of your favorite games to play on halloween if we hadn't mentioned them so we could check them out for next year um cards and cubes podcast at gmail.com or you can simply go to www.cardsandcubes.com and uh contact us if you'd like but uh overall i i funny enough as i look at all these games um i'm not excited about them but i'm always excited about them around this time of year like it's something weird where it's like if this game didn't have a horror theme and there wasn't a time of year to play them i would not be playing these games i wouldn't even glance at them but um because this time of year is kind of special to me 
And because of the theme is kind of special to me and they kind of line up perfectly, I get excited to play these games. And uh, maybe we'll talk about Abomination on the next one, but I'm guessing that it will be an Abomination. But we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think the games that are good games are good games any time of the year, so I don't think these are necessarily confined to Halloween or I only want to play them during Halloween, but yeah, there are a lot of Halloween games that are just like I say, kind of lighter with a lot of take that, and uh, I'm a little bit less excited to play those in general, whether it's Halloween or not. But yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, like the, for me, it's I'm more open to kind of more story uh story focused games which usually i'm less excited about throughout the year yeah yeah understandable yeah i would like to see more uh horror themed story games almost like uh this war of mine or above and below kind of a choose your own adventure type uh mechanic in a horror game in a halloween horror game would be awesome that'd be really cool if above and below was actually not bright and colorful but really kind of creepy and weird that'd oh, be yeah. really awesome yeah and obviously we don't play any rpgs that's like completely separate i'm sure there's there's some horror rpgs but i i, I just won't ever play them that's kind of a different um ballpark as far as games go for me yeah and tabletop miniature games i don't know hordes and such I, I, that's something i i i can't speak on either living card games arkham horror the card game i think is is fine but uh that's kind of a beast to get involved in if you're already involved in it you're probably playing it year round anyway um but that's something i might think about playing solo around this time of year but i might only think about it anyway anything else nope that's it all right well that's our show thanks for listening we'll be back in a couple of weeks we'd like to thank Lindsay hobbs for composing the theme and kirsten adams for designing our logo you can find more of her art at cat coffee um, on instagram that's k-a-t-c-o-f-f-e-e cards and cubes has been a production of pod cauldron check out some other great podcast from pod cauldron including bub club a horror movie podcast and rabble 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 a comedic look at current events thanks again for listening we'll see you next time <laughs>